SCP-7060 A Place of No Fortune Object Class Euclid Special Containment Procedures An exclusion zone has been built around SCP-7060 to close it off to the public. 24-hour security through both posted guards and video surveillance is in full effect. For further protection purposes, any mentions of Spring Valley, Colorado, and any documents, digital or physical, are to be removed or destroyed on discovery. Additionally, testing and exploration of SCP-7060 is prohibited as of Incident 7060-B. Footnote 1. See Addendum 2. All further operations relating to SCP-7060 are to be handled by individuals working at Site 900B on the west side of the perimeter. Footnote 2. The defunct Site 900A and Site 900B are subunits of the larger Site 900 in Evergreen, Colorado. Description SCP-7060 is the abandoned Foundation Site 900A. Prior to that, it was the abandoned town of Spring Valley, Colorado. Site 900A was installed within Site 7060's active anomalous zone after a series of calamitous deaths occurred within its residence. Footnote 3. See Incident 7060-A. SCP-7060-1 is the designation for a slender figure approximately 2.4 meters in height. Individuals who observe SCP-7060-1 within SCP-7060 expire within the span of 12 hours due to a calamitous event. However, SCP-7060-1 has a different type of interaction with individuals who were involved with population and or construction within SCP-7060. Spring Valley's community architect, Wilbur Hudson, and Foundation Site Director, Jameson Scott, are both examples of this unorthodox interaction occurring. Addendum 1, Case 1. Wilbur Hudson and Incident 7060-A. Spring Valley was built around the base of Mount Springsteen and expanded its residence between 1990 and 1991. Mr. Hudson spearheaded its production, starting with the neighborhoods surrounding the base of the mountain to the town centers and hiking trails near the top. When he was halfway through the town's production, Mr. Hudson decided to visit a psychiatrist. Psychiatric records show that Mr. Hudson spoke of having a reoccurring nightmare. Below is a log with a description of said dreams. Subject is a child driving with his mother in the nighttime. Subject's mother has to use the restroom so she parks at a nearby gas station. Subject's mother tells him that she is going to be right back and leaves subject in the car alone. Subject waits for what seems like hours. Then, subject hears a tapping on the window to his left. Subject looks over. There is a tall, thin humanoid figure with prickly gray hair and luminescent yellow eyes peering through the car door window. Footnote 4. This is assumed to be representation of SCP-7060-1. Subject asks the figure where his mother is. Instead of responding, the figure's head vibrates and lets out a droning howl. Subject wakes up. Spring Valley's neighborhood construction was finished on December 4, 1991. It was during this period of time where Mr. Hudson isolated himself in his house and refused to answer anyone who contacted him through phone or mail. On December 8, 1991, an event designated Incident 7060A occurred. 
Around 5,000 people within the town's residence suffered calamitous fatalities within the span of 12 hours. The full list of casualties can be found in the Incident 7060A Casualty Reference Sheet, but include Maxwell family succumbed to an avalanche on the west side of Mount Springsteen. See photo number 2 in SCP-7060 file. Jason Wallace, 59 male, found on Magpie Road, face down in asphalt with motorcycle approximately 3 miles behind. Mandible found halfway between the gums and torn skin still attached. The Mudson family found laced in between the telephone pole lines in the town center. Observation of injuries conclude that limbs were severed through forceful stretching. The family's Jeep Liberty was found approximately four miles away from the location of the casualties. Jill Hayden, 40, female, found on Gerrymander Hiking Trail. Lacerations and bite marks appear to come from an Ursus Americanus, Black Bear. Left arm and head found approximately 0.9 miles away with ligaments still attached. Due to the irregular amount of catastrophic and seemingly random deaths occurring in Spring Valley, the area was suspected of anomalous activity. Mobile Task Force Epsilon-6, Village Idiots, were deployed in Spring Valley soon after the incident occurred. A massive relocation and amnestication effort was put into effect for all surviving citizens. Mr. Hudson's house was one of the many residences Mobile Task Force Epsilon-6 stormed during their search and rescue mission. They found him in his bedroom with multiple cuts and abrasions in his neck, stomach, forearms, thighs, and calves. He held a kitchen knife in his right hand. Despite suffering blood loss that would regularly be fatal, Mr. Hudson remained alive. The following log is an interview that occurred post-discovery. Date, December 8th, 1991. Interviewer, Agent Marcus Rhodes. Interviewee, Wilbur Hudson. Begin log. Rhodes. So, uh, what in the absolute hell happened here? Mr. Hudson. I tried to escape it. The thing in my head. Thing in your head, huh? You responsible for all this? All the death down there in the valley? No. No, I... I didn't do anything. I swear. Just get me out of this place. Let me go somewhere where I can just die. Well, why can't you just die here? You get all the work done, it seems. It won't. Mr. Hudson vomits all over himself. He then wipes his face and continues. It won't let me. It wants me to live so I can suffer. It's been haunting my mind. My dreams. I think it just really wants me to... To leave. To leave? Well, why haven't you left? I think it was just like like a psychological thing. Like a manifestation of some sort of anxiety about my work. Turns out I, I should have just fucking listened to it. I saw it. That gray hairy bastard right in front of me before all that shit happened down there. It was just staring down at me. I don't know what I did to upset it, but it seemed like it was frowning. God, just, just get me out of here. Rhodes looks down and sighs. After a few seconds, he takes out his walkie-talkie. Bravo, I want you to get command to lock down the entirety of Spring Valley and begin investigations immediately. 
Over. End log. Mr. Hudson was evacuated via air support out of Spring Valley. Once he left its perimeter, he expired due to his various injuries. Addendum 2. Jameson Scott and Incident 7060-B. After Spring Valley's mass evacuation and amnestization, Site 900A was installed within SCP-7060's active anomalous zone. The site's construction was spearheaded by Site 900's director, Jameson Scott. Scott wrote the following document distributed to all posted personnel at the newly founded site. To all Site 900A personnel, as of June 10, 1992, construction of Site 900A has concluded. All personnel must report to the main floor common room on June 12th. It is crucial for all personnel to know the safety measures put in place to further prohibit SCP-7060's effects. Since SCP-7060 has been observed to be a probabilistic anomaly due to its seemingly random and circumstantial terminations, we are using this opportunity to test out a device Dr. Michael Baton has developed to deal with probabilistic anomalies. Designated DICE Dependence Isolating Contingency Engine Thaumaturgic Ward DICE makes it so a variable can no longer be dependent on a random integer within a designated area. This makes it so the variable of death is dependent on a non-random integer so personnel don't expire due to seemingly random circumstances. This device, in theory, should force SCP-7060-1 to terminate its targets in a more projected and direct pattern other than probability. This will allow our containment forces to bait it and properly detain it. If one is to encounter SCP-7060-1, described in SCP-7060 document, required reading, while posted, they are to press the nearest siren activation lever and leave Site 900A within 12 hours after the initial encounter, which will send our containment team to the location promptly. Personnel who encounter SCP-7060-1 are to be relocated to a site designated by Site 900's head director. Personnel who read, understand, and follow the above protocols should be able to survive during the baiting stage. Compliance and knowledge is key for success. May we be blessed with good fortune. Director Jameson Scott After this document was produced, Director Scott reported having a reoccurring nightmare similar in fashion to Hudson from the above addendum. The dream involved SCP-7060-1 laughing in a monotone voice while lingering over his bed. Director Scott largely ignored these nightmares. When he was further questioned, he said that he won't let that bastard deter him from his work. On June 13, 1992, Incident 7060-B occurred at Site 900A. A log of events can be found below. Begin Log 6.25 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Security footage shows Dr. Baton working alone in his office on a dice thaumaturgic ward. As he is working, SCP-7060-1 fades into view from the open corridor leading into Dr. Baton's office. 6.27 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Dr. Baton finally notices SCP-7060-1. SCP-7060-1 immediately demanifests, and Dr. Baton presses the siren activation lever near his desk. As he runs out of his office down the corridor, the power to the building goes out, deactivating security cameras for approximately five minutes. 6.32 p.m., 
Mountain Daylight Time. Security system goes back online as power is restored in the site. Security cam footage in the office wing corridor shows Dr. Baton lying face first on the floor. His pelvis and legs have been dismembered from his torso by a piece of ceiling that fell from above. 6.49 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Armed containment team arrives in office corridor. They step over Dr. Baton's corpse into his office and search around. Around the time of their arrival, a rainstorm starts to loom over Site 900A. 6.50 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Power goes out for a second time within Site 900A, disabling security cameras. 7.01 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Entire containment team terminated from collapsed populous Vermonti, Fremont Cottonwood Tree. Three members were crushed by a section of its trunk, while the seven other members were pierced and lacerated by various debris. 7.02 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time SCP-7060-1 materializes over the corpses of the containment team, staring directly at the camera. It cocks its head. 7.05 to 7.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Multiple calamitous deaths occur across the entire site due to various disasters originating from the storm. 8.06 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time Security footage outside of the site shows SCP-7060-1 standing idle in front of the largely destroyed site facing the camera. It unhinges its jaw up and down without emitting any noise. The security footage then cuts out. End log. The following is a documented distributed to the leading director's team at Site 900 written by Director Scott. To Site Command my team and I have drastically miscalculated the nature of SCP-7060. I, as the lead director of this project, am solely responsible for the travesty that occurred on the 13th of June. SCP-7060-1's attacks are not probabilistic as me and my team hypothesized. They are cold, calculated, and are a means to drive us out of its territory. All the procedures I put in place, including dice, were useless. Incident 7060-A laid the groundwork for their creation, as me and the team thought it gave us a clear idea of how the anomaly worked. We were gravely mistaken. Now I know why it was laughing at me. It knew that none of us could prevent the inevitable. I learned over the past 24 hours that there are some anomalies in this world that are not to be tampered with, and are to be left alone without question. This is a lesson that I will unfortunately forget. I'm going to resign my title as director. I will go through the proper amnestization process and return home to my family. I don't want to remember the travesty I caused due to this failure of my containment attempt. My last order of business is to restrict any testing or exploration of SCP-7060. Just leave it alone. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Godspeed to the entirety of Site 900. Director Jameson Scott. Note. Director Scott has not left SCP-7060 since the distribution of this letter. Security footage has shown him leaving the site's main building, but not leaving the premises. His whereabouts are as of now, unknown. Thank you for listening to SCP-7060, A Place of No Fortune, by FluffyDog00. If you enjoyed this SCP, please like and subscribe, and follow the link in the description to the SCP wiki, and voted to support it 
and the FCP Wiki as a whole. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my members, Powerless, Last of the Four Horsemen, Stephanie Miller, Senescence, Crescent Wolf, and Bethany. If you'd also like to receive a shout out and get to watch a Saturday special, please follow the link in the description below. Thank you.